Right to be Read podcast, episode number 148, interview with Tim Knox. You are listening to the Right to be Read podcast, and this is your host, Ani Alexander. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Right to be Read podcast. It's me, Ani Alexander, and as always, I'm trying to encourage and inspire you with this podcast. Before we start today, I would like to say huge thank you to everyone who has filled out the survey, the short survey that I've sent to my email list. I truly appreciate your feedback and your time. It brought me loads of new ideas. It gave me insight and it had very surprising information there. So thank you very much for those of you. And there were few people there who filled out the survey who love the way I say books. Uh, I'm sure in this interview, we have several times that I mentioned the word books with my wiki accent. So that will be for you especially. I hope you like it. Well, thank you very much for filling that out. I'll tell you exactly what I have in mind. I have few new things coming out soon and not only about the podcast, but also about coaching, online courses and loads of other stuff. So I've been pretty busy these days and I'm sure that you will like what will be coming out soon. Uh, meanwhile, before all that is ready, I'm having yet another interview and today I'm talking to Tim Knox. And who is Tim? Here is a short bio before we jump into the interview itself. So he is a sought after corporate speaker and comedian. He is published author, talk radio host, syndicated business columnist and self-professed mama's boy. His unique perspective is enjoyed by the thousand who listen to his radio show, read his books and columns and hear him speak every year. So he's the host of the podcast which is called Interviewing Authors and you should check that out. It's uh, of, It will be of interest to you as well. And today with him we will be discussing about building author's brand, the business as- aspect of being writer and the difference between traditional and self-publishing, how to market books and maybe In some sense, this episode will not be so inspiring, but then once in a while, we really need the down-to-earth approach and to face the reality and to tell things as they are. So this episode is about that. Enjoy. Hello there, team. It's really nice to have you over and welcome to the Right to Be Right podcast. Hey, it's great to be here. I am a big fan. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's actually you're uh, from the few guests whom I approached and who said, oh, but I'm already listening to your podcast. So, you know, things are happening. <laughs> yeah, well, they are. You you and I kind of play in the same backyard. So you are someone that that I uh, that I am aware of and I listen to. I, I do another podcast where I interview best-selling authors. So you and I are kind of playing in the uh, playing in the same sandbox, as uh, we say. So uh, <laughs> yeah, so I was very aware of you. Oh, exactly. Most probably we've shared some guests too. I yeah, guess <laughs> I, I could have. Yeah, most of my guests have been like uh, uh, New York Times best-selling authors. Uh, I haven't done a lot of uh, uh, you know online marketers or anything like that. But I'm sure we've crossed some bridges at some time. 
Oh, definitely, definitely. So let's let's sort of, you know, I, I know that you started as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Was it, I mean, did you have a normal, stable job before that or you started straight away being an entrepreneur? I, well, I guess it's what you consider a normal, stable job. Um, like the corporate I, <laughs> uh, yeah, nightmare? Yeah, I was. I, I, was in, I was in corporate America for about five years and um, actually working as a, as a graphic artist. This was back years ago before all these computers came along and everything was done, you know, pen and ink rendering and, and that sort of thing. And uh, because of what I learned in that job, I started my, my first business, which was a graphic design company. And uh, did very well with that, and eventually the internet came along, and we morphed into a, a website design company, and then we started doing e-commerce software, and uh, uh, yeah, built that company up and stayed with it for for about uh, 15 years, uh, retired from that, and then I went into the retail business. I actually had uh, a chain of retail gun stores at one time, and wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was way more work than I wanted to do, so uh, eventually retired from that, but I've always been a writer. Um, I've I've written books. I've written uh, small business columns. So I've always been very interested in digital media. But uh, yeah, I, I basically went from corporate to business, and now I'm dabbling in uh, in social media and writing and that sort of thing. So when you say you've always been a writer, do you remember the very first thing you wrote, like how it started? You know what? The I was writing my own books when I was a kid, and I, I come from a, a really poor family. Uh, we we really couldn't afford anything extra. I used to draw my own comic books. I would write my own uh, fairy tales. My mother still has them in a box somewhere. Wow. And uh, so yeah, so that was that was like the first writing I did. The first serious writing I did was uh, in the early two thousands. I was approached by Entrepreneur Magazine to be their uh, their online business expert, and so I wrote a a monthly column for the magazine as well as the. Uh, the website, and that got me into doing a regular weekly small business advice column for uh, for my own local paper, which was eventually syndicated to about seven papers. And uh, so that that's what got me started writing. And then I, I wrote a small business uh, book in 07 that was published by John Wiley and did really well. And uh, so that's that's really what launched my formal writing career. I've written a couple of novels as well. So uh, I, I write a lot of short stories. So I'm just kind of the creative type and, and writing is just one of my outlets. Okay, I see. So since you have written both fiction and nonfiction, uh What I mean, it's it's very different. Uh, mm-hmm. So, w- if you compare them in the sense of you know um, your experiences while writing, and maybe uh, if if one can say which one is harder, I guess if it's possible to compare those <laughs> two. <laughs> well, they they're really very different. Um, I I must confess, I enjoy writing fiction, crime fiction particularly. Uh, more than I like writing business books, I guess because I I wrote that that column for almost six years, so I had three hundred columns. So I really burned out on offering you know small business advice, mm-hmm. um, and you know I when you look at the market, there there's so many business books on the market now. It really doesn't interest me. I'm really more interested in fiction, but they are two very different things. You know, if you're a Uh, a business writer or a motivational writer, typically you're a subject matter expert if you're writing it yourself, if you're not farming it out. 
And so you're really writing almost a, what I call a light textbook. It's kind of a how-to. Mm-hmm. And so if you know that really well, you know, it's it's relatively easy to do. I could sit down right now and write a 300-page a small business book just, you know, based on knowledge. Well, 300 writing, pages, not small. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it, it just, it, again, it's the body of knowledge. But, you know, if you're writing a fiction book, it's it's imagination, Mm-hmm. And I enjoy that so much more because when I sit down and, and map out a a nonfiction book, I know pretty much where I'm going. When I start writing fiction, I go where the story takes me. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's just that's just a lot more fun. I, I oh, really yeah. enjoy writing the fiction. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I can tell that. <laughs> you know, the same is for me actually because uh, it's a completely different experience. And yeah, you enjoy the ride actually. Yeah. It is, and it's a completely different audience and a it completely is. different market. So it um, is. It yeah, is. <laughs> you, do every, you do everything differently. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, uh, as far as I understood, your first book was a nonfiction, which was published traditionally. Is that right? It, it was. Uh, it was published in '07, I think, by John Wiley. It was. It was actually a kind of a culmination of everything that I had learned writing the the small business column. Um, I'm I'm kind of a a comedian. I've I've done a lot of comedy in my time. So when I write, it has a a comedic slant to it, and so it was a uh, a comedic small business book. It was called Everything I Know About L- Business I Learned from My Mama. Uh, and because I'm a Southern boy, I'm a mama's boy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I went the traditional route with that. I found an agent very quickly who sold it to John Wiley very quickly. I got a nice mid five figure advance and, you know, sent the book in. And they basically did, you know, everything. Um, you know, my uh, subsequent books, my my novels, my fiction have been self-published uh, because it's much harder to get someone interested in in fiction than it is nonfiction when it mm. comes to traditional publishing. For example, mm. you know, John Wiley and Sons is the largest, at least they were then, largest publisher of nonfiction books uh, in the world. And if you had a platform or you had a following, it's relatively easy to get John Wiley uh, to to publish a book. But if you are just writing romance or mysteries or something like that, it's much, much more difficult to go the traditional route because, you know, you you have to get an agent uh, because publishers typically won't take your your work unless it is agented. Uh, you know, and these agents have so many people trying to get them to represent them. You know, your, your chances of getting an agent are, are really very slim and then the chances of that agent actually selling your book is as slim still. So yeah. I, I know writers who got an agent the first week and still never sold the book. Yeah, true. Yeah, so <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a really tough business. And the thing about self-publishing, I, I'm a big fan of self-publishing. You know, the, the nice thing about self-publishing is it's made it easy for anyone to publish a book. The yeah. bad thing is it's made it easy for anyone <laughs> to publish a book yeah. because now the, the water is so crowded. Uh, yeah. it's, just, it's just much more difficult to do. Exactly. Uh, but let's go back to sure. the traditional publishing. When you said that you managed to do that relatively quickly, I know that yeah. everything is quite slow there. So even <laughs> relatively quickly compared to self-publishing, should be quite slow. So, right. what time frame are we, are we talking about? Well, I, you know, what I did, and and I always enjoy telling this story because it makes me sound much smarter than I am. <laughs> okay, um, I'm I'm a, a marketer. 
You know, that's one of the things when you're an entrepreneur, as long as I was, you learn to market. And so when I decided that I was going to write this book, I knew that I had to have an agent. And so I started researching agents online. And then I found that there was an agent convention uh, being held in Orlando, Florida in like a month from then. And so I thought, okay, this is where a lot of these agents are going to be. How do I get noticed? And so what I did was I ordered, uh, they're called business card CDs. And this was a number of years ago, but basically it was a CD in the shape of a business card. It was a little rectangular CD. And so I put my book on there. I put a collection of my columns. I, I put a funny label on it, that sort of thing. And so when I went to the convention, rather than walking up to an agent and sh you know shoving a book in their face, which is what everybody else was doing, I simply walked up. I, I First, I identified three agents that I wanted to work with. And I went up to each one of them and I said, hey, you know, my name is Tim Knox. I'm a, an author. I've written a small business advice book. I don't expect you to read it right now, but if you will take my CD card, uh, it's on there. Maybe you can pop it in your computer and read it on the plane or something. Mm -hmm. And because this little CD card was so unusual, every one of those agents went, wow, what is this? And I'm like, well, it's a, it's a CD. It's shaped like a business card. You pop that in your computer. My manuscript is there, blah, blah, blah. And so this was on a Saturday. Uh, I got a phone call in my office on Monday afternoon. It was one of the agents that I had approached. And he said, hey, I, I didn't have anything to do on the way home. So I put your CD in my computer and I read your book. And I really think I can sell this for you. I want to be your agent. So I literally got an agent in two days. Um, he then approached uh, three different publishers, two of them, John Wiley and one other, uh, put in bids on the book, and he sold the book within two weeks. So, okay, it, yeah, and, and, you know, it was just all of the planets lined up correctly. Um, it really wasn't the fact that, you know, I was any kind of amazing author. It was just I was an amazing marketer. And so I, I had planned this out. I figured out, okay, where are these agents going to be? How can I approach them? How can I stand out? And it, it worked out uh, beautifully. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you mentioned something very important, and that is to stand out. And yes. obviously, you did something which is quite disruptive and different, and it kind of, you know, it, it was memorable. Mm -hmm. So these days, as you said, since self-publishing is so easy to get into, and since we have these amazing stories of people who self-published their book, and then, you know, they had a full-time income from their books, uh, royalties and stuff like mm -hmm. that many people are attracted to it and they think that you know if they only write a book and put it out there everything is going to work <laughs> amazingly yes. well right so uh and just because there are many people out there and they have tried very different things and it's very crowded uh what do you think uh can be i mean are is it easy? Like, are, do you have any original disruptive ideas of things that could actually get your book noticed? Well, and it's a really, a really good uh, question. And, and I am a firm believer in doing your homework ahead of time. You know, one of the mistakes that a lot of, whether you're writing the book yourself or you are just publishing it, meaning you're getting it ghostwritten, uh, so many authors slash publishers will just dive in uh, to a market without really taking the time to even see what that market is about. You yeah. know, the the big fad now is everyone wants to publish fiction, romance, and, you know, uh, um, 
shifter books and this sort of thing because you know they see a couple of people online who are having great success and it's always the me too yep. meaning if they can do that you know so can i mm-hmm. so they will they will jump in they'll produce you know uh, not not wonderful books um you know they'll get them published and then they don't do anything and the thing that they don't understand is the, the the quality of writing, especially if you are doing just digital ghostwritten publishing, quality has very little to do with it. Mm-hmm. It really is more about the ability to produce a high mass number of books and then market those books into a an eager audience. For example, if I'm thinking about publishing a uh, a, a book a, a romance book about a, a werewolf. I'm going to get on Amazon and I'm going to research those categories and I'm going to see, number one, what books are there. Number two, who are writing those books. Uh, And it it really doesn't matter if they're ghostwritten or not because what I'm doing is I want to see what kind of branding they have and what kind of marketing. And, you know, I'm going to thoroughly research that niche before I have the first word written. Well, then once I do have the book produced, I have to market that book. You know, chances are, I'm, I'm if I just throw it up there and put it on a free promo for five days, you know, I might see a little spike, but then it goes away. Yeah. And you know, too many authors and, and publishers don't worry about building the brand, and the brand is what sells. You know, if you look at the best-selling romance books on Amazon, they are uh, romance books from people who have built a very strong brand and a very strong following, and they've got you know, three or four hundred reviews per book. And, you know, they're not worried about keyword strategies or any of the stuff that that we worry about because they built a brand and they built a following. Mm-hmm. And so it, it really is a it's a vital step. If you're going to jump into that market, you need to research that market. And keep in mind, the marketing is more important than the writing in this case. Now, if you're an author yourself and you're writing the work yourself, then the writing is important because what you want to do is you want to build your brand and your following. But if you're just, you know, digitally publishing romance books, you know, a dozen a week, the, the quality is not nearly the concern of the, the marketing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. So, I mean, you, you actually brought up uh, something that uh, is of, uh, you know, we usually talk about this a lot among writers and many argue that these days it's become more business than a craft Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. especially fiction writers are arguing about this because as we spoke about it earlier you know writing fiction is a completely different experience and uh, they sort of uh, most of the fiction writers are not exactly business driven and have (laughs) this uh, you know marketing knowledge and uh, approach to the things Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so uh, there there is this problem between writing what is commercially justified right versus writing something that is they are passionate about or they feel like writing so how do you find this balance between the two because sometimes they contradict each other well well they do and you know what um on my my podcast i do a podcast called interviewing authors we we talked about it earlier and you know i talk to new york times bestsellers i mean these are authors who sell 20 million books and they are all complaining about the business side of things Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know it's back in the the good old days if you were a really wonderful writer you could write a book you could find an agent, you could find a publisher, they would take it, and all you had to worry about was writing. 
now I, I don't care you know whether you are just starting out or you are someone who sold 20 million books you have to be concerned with the business side of it and that is the marketing you know even the the big authors now are are having to do things themselves so you know if if you're a writer who can look me in the eye and say hey I write because I'm passionate about writing I don't do it for the money well then great go write your book and don't worry whether or not it sells yeah. because you know but if you can look at me in the eye and go I'm a great writer but I also want to get rich doing it well then you've got to be a business person yeah. you know you've got to be you know the book is your product and so you've got to be the entrepreneur the marketer the PR person the social media person and sure you can find you know, help doing this. You can find people to do this for you, but you still have to manage it. And so I, I hear that complaint all the time. I just want to write. I yeah. don't want to market. I don't want to social <laughs> media. Well, that's fine. Well, go write, but then don't bitch if it doesn't sell anything. Exactly. So it, and it, it is won't a, most probably if you don't do anything else. Well, no, it, it won't. It really won't. And and that's the sad point. I, you know, the if if the great writers in history had to market their own work, chances are we never would have heard of any of them. So, you know, the the Robert Kiyosaki who wrote the Rich Dad Poor Dad series, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm I'm misquoting here, but he said something like, I'm not the greatest writer in the world, but I am the greatest marketer. Yeah. And so, you know, what it comes down to is is what are you passionate about? If you're passionate about the craft and about writing and just writing the absolute best story you can write whether or not anyone reads it you're a true writer but you're also going to probably be a poor writer you know there there's an old saying if passion was money every poet would be rich yeah exactly and that i don't i don't know a rich poet i really i don't mm, but yeah. <laughs> you know it it really comes down to you know what your passion is for example me if you ask me you know tim if if you had your choice uh what would you do if you if money wasn't a concern i would write I would write my little, you know, my little ghost stories and my police stories and I wouldn't worry about it. But the thing about it is those don't make the money required to finance everything that I do. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I've got nine dogs. They want to eat. So I need money. So, you know, what I do is everything that I do in business, I do to finance the passion that I do, whether or not I make money. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, you, yeah. All of the, the digital publishing and the videos and the interviews, you know, all of that is done to make money to finance the fun things that I like to do. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. That's that's how most of us are doing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so actually, <laughs> um, you spoke about marketing, which mm -hmm. makes me think that, you know, I, I always say this and, and uh, my listeners are yeah, familiar with this term, but I always say that authors are personal brands. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and you know, uh, most probably instead of um, just marketing your book, you should market your personal brand as an author your author brand right so uh you mentioned that you can get um help from other people who are doing this in, very well so you can you know you, you either have to spend your own time or you can hire people but since it's about personal branding uh, how much you can rely on others it's still uh you do need to do the things yourself uh, at least part of them right Oh, I, I agree. You know, when you're a writer, take take uh, Stephen King. 
you know, Stephen King has written, I don't know what, a hundred and some odd books now. Well, how many, how many Stephen King books can the average person name? Well, typically it's, you know, The Shining, Carrie. It's the books that have been made into movies yeah. that people can name. So, you know, Stephen King has become a brand that overshadows his book. And you can always tell when this happens because if you look at the cover of the book, if the author's name is bigger than the title of the book, that author has become a brand and you can rest assured that that author has worked his or her butt off to get there now you know i'm sure they have pr people they have virtual assistants they have social media people you know when i when i was doing the the interviewing authors program i always dealt with a pr person mm-hmm. okay so that was the person who was doing the outreach and and doing the grunt work but the author always had to come on the program and be the brand Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're you're 100% correct. You can find people to do the little, you know, the technical clerical things. But when it comes time to promote yourself and your books, if you're an author, you've got to be a brand. And and that's why people buy your books. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, let, let's let's be honest. There yeah. are authors out there who uh, over the course of their career, their books have not really gotten better. They've gotten worse. But because they have built up such an audience, their readers will buy every book that they sell and they're very loyal. And mm-hmm. that's because they've built up that brand. They've become the brand because they've surpassed their book. Yeah. And that, you know, that's the goal for all of us. It's really hard to get there, um, you know, but it, it takes work. But yeah, you, the, the days of just sitting by and, and writing the book and then passing everything off to everyone else, th- those days are gone. Most authors are now... You know, they're out there on the stump. They are speaking. They're doing book signings. They're doing podcasts. Uh, I mean, you know, why David Baldacci is one of the best-selling authors of all time who was on my show. Why would David Baldacci, who sold, you know, 50 million books, get on a podcast with a guy in Alabama? Because David Baldacci or his people know that he has to continue promoting his brand and his books to keep it going. Mm -hmm. So. You and I do a big service, Ani. (laughs) (laughs) They should pay us to be on our shows. Yeah, and then we will finance our passion and write. There you go. Then we'll go write a book. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so in that case, let's just get to the biggest pain point that Mm -hmm. these author brands are facing, especially in the very beginning. It's the visibility and and their own name, which is not recognized by anyone. So when we when you mentioned like free promotions, I don't think they work that well anymore. Because these days, if it's just yet another book, by an unknown author whom you don't know and no one spoke about, most probably you won't even want to have it for free. Right. So uh, how are, you know, people overcome? Because in the very beginning, everyone is in the same situation, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone is unknown. Everyone is not visible. It's a crowded place. It's a noisy place. You have to send out somehow. So what are like the first steps? How do you end up kind of, you know, climbing a bit higher in order to gain that minimum sort of... um, minimum recognizability or whatever you can call that right. uh, visibility in, in your sphere so people would be interested eventually trying out your books. Yeah. Well, you know, they say the hardest thing to do in a crowd is to get noticed. 
Yeah. And and that's that's completely true. Um, you know, if you write a book, number one, if, if you're going to market that book and brand that book, that book has to be the absolute best book it can be. Meaning that before you give it away or try to sell it, you have done thorough rewrites, you have done thorough edits. You know, I can't tell you how many horrific books I see yeah. that are full of typos. <laughs> oh my God, it's just, it's terrible. So True. before you do anything, you have to make sure that book is the absolute best book it can be. And that means have other people look at it, preferably other people who know what they're doing. I have had people tell me, oh, my book is great. And I say, well, how do you know? Well, because my wife told me. <laughs> or, you know, and I'm like, well, that, you know, God love her. That's really not a, you know. So make sure you are producing the absolute best book you can be or you can do. Um, you know, the next steps in self-publishing, of course, it's very easy to put it on Kindle, to put it on Create Space. You need to get a cover design. And I cannot tell you how vital it is that you have a great cover. Yes. Because that's how, especially on Amazon and Kindle, that's how people will will notice your book. If you go to Amazon right now, and the thing you have to understand is Amazon's just a search engine. You know, people don't go browse Amazon. They type what they're looking for in the search bar and pop and it comes up. So if if I am your potential reader, let's say you have written a romance and I'm a, a reader of romance. I go to Amazon. I type in romance in the search bar. I'm, th there are tens of thousands of books, and Amazon is going to show me the ones that they have t deemed to be the top of the line. Well, because I'm a visual person, my eye is going to go to the best cover. So not only does your book have to be amazing, your cover has to be eye-catching. It has to be very appealing because nine times out of nine – that's what is going to attract a reader. So you've got to make sure your cover's good. So the publishing part is easy. Now, to your question, how do you start marketing that? Well, you know, it's good old-fashioned, hitting the ground online. Uh, you need to identify uh, Facebook groups, Twitter groups, even Instagram, any social media group that has anything to do with people who read the kind of book you have produced. Uh, you need to look for websites and blogs because what you're wanting is someone to read it and give you a positive review because typically after someone looks at your cover, they'll look and see, okay, does it have any reviews? How many stars does it have? The more reviews you are, the e you have, the easier it is to sell. So, you know, you're going to have to just do your homework, find uh, blogs, find readers, you know, give them free copies of your book, either paperback or digitally, ask them to read it, ask them to leave you a review. Uh, I, it's kind of funny. I had an author the other day ask me if I would read and review his book. And I said, well, you know, I don't normally do that. It takes a lot of time. But if you want to send me a copy, I'll certainly look at it. And he said, well, you can buy them on Amazon. <laughs> okay. Okay, and I said, okay, here's your review, <laughs> you know. So you've got to work hard to get those reviews because, again, that's that's one thing that helps you build that brand. Um, don't worry about making money. You're going to give away a lot of books to try to get those reviews and get that brand going. And, you know, one of the things that I have learned, and I learned this from a guy named Hugh Howey. Do you know who oh, yeah. Hugh is? Well, okay. Yeah. 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 I, I talked to Hugh. He's a, he's a friend. I interviewed him on the show. And I asked him, I said, when you started out, what was your plan? What was your strategic plan? And Hugh said, my plan was to write uh, eight books or 10 books in five years. 
And all I was going to do is focus on the books. I wasn't going to worry about the marketing or anything. I was just going to write. And the reason he did that was in his mind, he knew that one of those books would take off or he would get noticed. And he wanted to have a backlist, meaning more than one book. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened by the time, you know, Wool, the book that really put him on the map, by the time that was even noticed, uh, Hugh had been writing for several years and he had, I don't know, seven or eight books. So the reader went and read Wool and went, wow, I wonder what else this guy has. Oh, yeah. And so his entire catalog started selling. So he didn't try to do any marketing at all up until that point. And, you know, I'm, I'm not – I'm, it's, it's hard for me to write a book and not scream about it or market it. But I have to tell you, I think his thinking is solid because if he had just had that one book and then nothing else, I don't think he would be where he is today, which is mm-hmm. multimillionaire status. So, you know, it's it's just like everything else. You've got to do everything you possibly can to get that book noticed. And don't just do it online. Do it in your hometown. Go to every bookstore in town and ask them if they will carry your book. Ask them if you can do a book signing. Um, you know, get on Facebook. Try to promote uh, your brand there. You need to set up a page for your book. Uh, I'm a big fan of, of having a blog or having a website. You want people to go and find your work and more about you. And and really, Ani, that's where most authors stop is because they just – they either don't know how to market or they don't have the the energy or the desire to market and they just let it go. Mm-hmm. And I, I have had so many authors tell me, well, I don't really do social media. <laughs> and I can I and I say, well, how many books are you? Say, well, no, I don't sell many books. Well, you know, that's maybe why. that's maybe that's why. So, yeah, social media is a big part of it. But so are our boots on the ground, you know, in your hometown trying to build a brand there. And uh, it's a lot of hard work and it may take you a while. It may be. You know, you might be seven or eight books in before anyone goes, wow, who, who is this person? And writers you know? are so impatient. So oh, we <laughs> are. We are. You know, we're artists. It's just and it's and, and I'm no different. I am no different. I mean, right now, you know, I'm shopping two novels around to agents and I'm like, why don't they realize how brilliant I am? You know what I mean? Why why aren't these people beating down my door? So it's oh, it's just the let's way we talk are. Let's talk about this. Let's let's sure. talk about why actually uh, you are looking for agents mm-hmm. and why do you prefer the traditional uh, way of publishing your books? In that well, case? you know there are a, a couple of reasons, and and primarily it's it's distribution and probably a little bit of ego. Um, you know, when you do go the traditional route, uh, there there is some support from the publisher. There's not a lot. They're not going to – unless you're a number one author, you know, they're not going to really spend a lot of marketing dollars on you. Mm-hmm. But the one thing they do is they will distribute your book to bookstores and libraries. And, and so it's more or less a distribution point. You know, what I want to do is have a traditional publisher, uh, you know, distribute the books and then let me keep all of the online stuff. Okay, and I, I you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's what a lot of authors are doing now. This is what Hugh Howey did, you know, when he was approached by uh, whatever huge publishing house that, that he went with, you know, he retained his online rights. But I think there's just, uh, there's some bragging rights there. There's some ego. But in my case, it's, it's primarily distribution. You know, there's a when when I wrote my small business book, I remember walking through the Atlanta airport and seeing it in the window of a uh, bookstore, hmm. and I'm like, wow, you know, nobody else knew who I was, but I did. So <laughs> you know, 
Um, but there are there are advantages and disadvantages. You know, if you go traditional publishing, your royalty rate is not as high. Um, you know, but th- another thing to to think about is Amazon is now publishing. They have the Kindle Scout program where yeah. they will, if your book is accepted, I think they'll give you like a fifteen hundred dollar advance and help promote it and that sort of thing. So um, I also find it interesting that a lot of online booksellers are now opening retail locations. Yes. It's it's very very interesting to me that Amazon is looking at opening bookstores. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and I, to me that just tells me everything comes around again. I don't think we'll ever see the demise of of books made from paper. I well, hope. Who was that? Was it Stephen King who said that Kindle uh, does to paperbacks what stairs do to the elevator what elevator does to stairs or something yeah, like that so yeah. it's <laughs> yeah. you know it's it's not really i mean i still know many people who prefer to read paperbacks and that's what they will be reading yeah. for for the time being and uh so it's not like you know it's gonna be gone in the near well, future no, I, i don't think well it's like my my daughter my youngest daughter who is uh, is 20 she's just a, a bookworm And if she likes a book, she wants she wants the hard copy book. She wants to hold it yeah. in her hand. Now she's got a Kindle that probably has a thousand books on it. And and that's a point I was going to make. You you had you made a great point earlier about um, you know even people if they download your book for free, chances are they're probably not going to read it. Yes. And yeah. I, I think that's one of the things that that and I, and I'm the same way. I have a Kindle. I probably have two hundred books on my Kindle that I have downloaded for free at, at any given time, and I probably haven't read any of them. Mm. So, you know, it, you can't build a brand unless people are reading your book. You know, I know so many authors and so many digital publishers who will look at their Amazon rankings and their uh, KNP ratings and, you know, wow, I gave away 1,300 free books today. Well, that's great. I wonder how many of those books are actually going to be read. Yeah. You know, so there there is that. Okay. I feel like I'm I feel like I'm just dooming and glooming today. No, 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 not at all. It's a, you know, you you share lots of practical stuff, but since I want to wrap this up, sure. I just, you know, um usually what I always say about this podcast is that uh, right to be read podcast inspires and encourages writers. So, we sort of told about how hard it is and that they do need to make a hard work and spend time and write many books and be patient. So, mm-hmm. I uh, I want us to finish with something inspiring, <laughs> inspiring and encouraging so they don't think that it's really that bad <laughs> <laughs> well you know here here is what i would tell you if if you are if you're a writer okay writers are not defined by the number of books they sell they are defined by the number of books they write so if you're a writer and you're very passionate about it you have to write because it makes you happy you know i i write because i just love writing And and there it is. So, you know, if you end up selling books and making money and doing, you know, being an author full time, well, good for you. you. You've made it. And but the thing about it is you can't ever lose the passion. And that's something that if if your if your mind is on the money prize, it's very easy to lose your passion. So, you know, my ending thought is this. If you're a writer, write. Be happy that you have the ability to write because that makes you happy. If you sell books, that's just, as we say in Alabama, that's just gravy on the biscuit. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you for coming over. You, I, I think we had a really nice conversation and you shared a lot. And uh, I, I think sometimes it's always kind of, you know, useful to look um, realistically at things. And I think what we spoke about here will save my listeners from uh, unrealistic expectations, which will lead to eventual disappointments. So yes, by writing one book and putting it out there, uh, you won't be rich and you won't be famous, most probably. But uh, but it doesn't mean that things are so bad. So just, you know, get prepared, get the patience, which is very hard to get. <laughs> Write those <laughs> books, make sure they are good and, uh, you know, do what we advise to do. And I, I guess eventually you will get there. We hope so. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, it, 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 the, and you know, again, I don't, I don't want to be the doom and gloom guy, but I am the honesty guy. And again, it just goes back to what makes you happy and what you want to do. And if being an author makes you happy, again, write those books. Maybe, maybe someday, someone will uh, will pick one up like they did Hugh Howie's, and you know, the rest is history. Exactly, right to be read. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, thank you. Sure. Well, guys, that's all I had for you today. I hope that you were not discouraged by this episode, but on the other hand, you sort of saw the real picture and now know what to expect. So we tried to save you from unrealistic expectations and the disappointment that would be coming because of that. As I already said, many things will be coming your way soon. If you aren't on my email list, Please make sure that you get there and uh, sign up on my website at www.annealexander.com because uh, the emails are the main way I'm communicating with my listeners and sending out news. So make sure you don't miss anything there. And if you have a minute and want to do me a favor, please go and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and also leave a review for me. Well, thanks a lot. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your time. And I'll meet you in the next episode.